So the next few weeks, we are going to be in Acts chapter 14. A couple of summers ago, we went through the first 13 chapters, and uh, we've, we've been out of Acts for a little bit, but for the next four, we're going to be right here in Acts chapter 14. And I find this to be an amazing moment of ministry in the life of Paul and Barnabas. In fact, if you go back to 13, you go back a few more chapters before that, you find out that uh, Paul gave his life to the Lord. He was gone for about a decade. Now he's here, and now they're seeing God do incredible things. So God shows up in powerful ways, and guess what? Every time that God does something good doesn't mean that everything is just perfect. In fact, the first service, this didn't go well, but maybe this one will go better. How many of you have given your life to the Lord, and since then, everything has been 100% perfect and easy? So no issues in your life. How many would say that's me Yeah, no, that's not what the Bible says, right? Paul and Barnabas, they go and share the goodness of the gospel, and over and over and over again, people come to know Jesus, churches are started, and over and over again, there's opposition to the word. There's opposition to the truth of the gospel. In fact, there's stonings. The 12 apostles and many more were martyred. Almost all of them were martyred because of their walk with God. Not out of disobedience, but from being in obedience. Now, I know that is a downer way to start a sermon, right? Like, that's not what we want to hear. But when we begin to understand that our job is to listen to the voice of God, our job is to have relationship with Him, then all of a sudden we get into acts here, and we begin to start to, to realize that He's got us. He's with us. And our goal, our job, is to simply say yes over and over again to what He's doing. Now, the last, uh, this last week, I got to go to Wyoming, and it is a great, great place. How many have been to the Teton Mountains? How many in the room? So a few of you, a good number, but a few, uh, they are absolutely breathtaking. I mean, just breathtaking. Jenny Lake and some different places, and over the next few weeks, I've got some different stories. Uh, just really, really cool. The Snake River, uh, really great place. But when I found out I was going to be going— I just felt that I was supposed to go maybe a little bit early and do something that's a little bit crazy. I don't know. I didn't know what that meant, but I I just had this feeling. So I got my plane ticket for a day before all the the pastors were going to show up. And then as it went, I was like, Lord, what can I do that's just a little fun, kind of adventuresome, you know, something just a little different. And so I decided I would get a, a hiker's backpack and I would take my sleeping bag and I would get, because I didn't really have one to do this, a hammock, and I would simply get off the plane, and I would walk to some trees, and in the national park, which was right there, I would just stay in the trees. I would put my hammock up. I'd make it happen. So that's exactly what I did. Last week, I mentioned this. Some of you, I know, like had all-night prayer visuals because you thought I was going to die. I was like, I'm not, I'm not concerned, but there were some of you, so uh, sorry if you didn't sleep well on Sunday night, uh, but I just did it. I got up, I went, I started to hike. It was about a mile out of like the airport's driveway, basically. I walked another mile until finally I found some trees. I could see them from GPS. I was pretty sure I knew where I was going. I found them kind of walking by the road, had to walk across a field. And I just want you to know the scariest part of the whole thing was walking across this field. By then it was 10 p.m. and it was pitch dark. I'm like, I don't like snakes. I don't know, you know, different things, bears, mountain lions, coyotes, all that stuff I'm not really concerned about. It seems like, it, you know, 
you'll be fine. But a snake in a field? No, thank you. So I had to walk across this. I was literally, just let you in a little bit on your pastor. I was like stomping every once in a while, like making noise. Like maybe they'll run away or get scared. I don't know if that's how it works. Maybe they'd run at me. I, I really don't know. But literally I'm like, wow, you know, it, it, was, it was special. No one else was around, so it was fine. No one saw me, but now you all know, so. Whew. But, so I found these, this little patch of woods. I realized that a couple things, it probably would have been a good idea to have like tried the hammock out before 10 o'clock at night in the pitch dark. It probably would have been a good idea. I did not do that. So I figured it out. It took me a little while where all the things went, and it worked like it was a full hammock. But also I realized that the hammock did not have a rain cover. It only had like a screen. I thought it was water, at least resistant or proof. That was wrong. It was not, which later might or might not come into play. But so I get there. I'm in it. I finally hung up. In the morning, I realized this, I just like looped it around branches. It was late and dark. I don't know why it didn't just fall to the ground, but the Lord, once again, just kept me, kept me safe, I guess. I was fine. It would have only been this far, so who cares? But I, I was good. I got in this thing. But then I realized something that I hadn't really thought about. I'm in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden, there are coyotes, I'm pretty sure. The sound of them howling, it felt like everywhere. I mean, you could hear. I, I feel confident they were a long way away. But they were all directions. I could hear coyotes howling. I could hear the trees. It was a little bit windy. I'm like, I don't know about this. So I'm like, how can I sleep with all this going on? So what would any sane person do? I got my noise-canceling earbuds, and I put those babies in. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to be real. I fell directly asleep. I was tired. I couldn't hear anything anymore. Which also meant, yes, if a bear came, it just would have killed me before I knew that it was even there. But why would you want to know the bear's coming for you? I would much rather just die than know that I'm going to die. So it was fine. But we were there. I, I slept. I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden, I'm like, it's raining. I can hear rain. So once again, rain fly is not there, just a screen. So I hear the—and I'm like, well, I've got no real options besides— pull my sleeping bag over my head, and go back to sleep, which I did. I woke up at four o'clock. There was no more rain, and I was like, I want to feel myself. Am I wet? You know, and I'm like, I'm dry, so it must not have rained very long. The Lord blessed. It was one of those sorts of adventures where you just keep doing weird things, crazy things, stuff that, so that people ask, is that like normal for you? I'm like, no. I've never slept a night in a hammock. I've never just gone out in the woods and slept by myself. We've camped a little, but in a campground. You know, I've never done these sorts of things, but it was really, really fun. I enjoy just being alone. Woke up in the morning. I had 10 miles to Jackson. Normally I, man, my back hurts when I have a backpack on. So I went about a mile and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this. But then I started feeling better. I'm like, I can do this. So I hiked all the way, the 10 miles, all the way to Jackson. I found my hotel by 10.30 in the morning. And then I literally laid in the hotel bed all day long. It was great. I took a nap. Uh, it was just a, a glorious day. But it was one of those things where it's like, why in the world would you do that? The true answer is, I'm not really sure. <laughs> not really sure. But I felt that I just should go do something a little bit different. And when we jump into Acts chapter 14, I really think not so much in a, you need to go camp in the woods by yourself. Most of you would be like, that's not going to happen. But in the spiritual realm, in our spiritual walk, 
I feel that there's, there's times when we just do the normal things of our life. We go to church on Sunday morning. Maybe we come on Wednesday night or we do a group of some sort. But then we just do life. We have our work. We've got the food we make or the, the job, the things, the people. And we just live life one day at a time. Not ever letting God maybe speak something new or different or exciting into our life. And I feel like God would speak to us, to Radiant Life Church, two months before we launch a a new campus. That's a different thing. That is definitely different. But spiritually, personally, then maybe it's time to not just do the norm, but to say, Lord, what is it that spiritually you would challenge me to do, you'd have me do, that just makes me think a little different? You don't hear coyotes from your house in Columbus very often, especially when the windows are closed. You don't hear anything. But when you go out, then all of a sudden there's new things and new experiences. And in our spirit, God wants us to step out. Here in Acts chapter 4, and we're going to be in the first seven verses, I would say a lot happens in a short amount of time from Paul and Barnabas, who are obedient to go do something new, different and let God work. So Acts 14, 1 through 7 says, Now at Iconium they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained, or remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. Now here in this word we see it starts really good. I like verse 1 of chapter 14. I like it a lot when it says they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. Now, when we take a step for God, I believe that often this is what happens. Cool things happen when we take a step for God. There's forward progression that happens when we take a step for God. People come to know Jesus when we go and we're evangelistic in nature and we start sharing the goodness of God with our world. Things begin to take place in a special and a powerful way. They did it together. And as a church, that's our prayer is let's do this thing. Let's go make it happen. But they went to the synagogue They went to the place where they hadn't yet really heard the message of Jesus. They went to a place where where it it wasn't the truth of the word and that was going to be the word that was spoken of Jesus. And all of a sudden they needed something new in their life. They needed to experience the one that came and died but rose again for them. They needed Jesus. And they went and spoke with power and authority. And God did something special. Many believed in the goodness of God. And when I think about this success that takes place, you are called to success. You are called to experience with God. You are called to walk in evangelistic success in what you do in your life. 
But we have to realize and understand that just because I want and I'm called to success does not mean that life is just going to be easy. Because verse 2 goes on, and you can go in reverse and go to chapter 13, and you see that there's challenge all along the way. And in fact, the fact that it says Jews and Greeks, Jews would be people that were taught like them, trained like them, but couldn't understand the message of the gospel. There, there was something even internally in what that must have been like. Maybe a lot like what sometimes we walk in and what we experience. That even in the middle of success, there is trial and there's problems and there's situations. Synagogue, a little bit different, but even in the middle of church with people that we love and we care for, guess what? Sometimes we don't get along like we should. We have struggles, even internally, that God wants to work in our life, but we can experience a success in Him. And we must realize you are called to point people to the message of Jesus with how you live and speak. It's not a pastoral staff thing. It's not a new worship pastor that should worship. It's all of us that get in and say, we are going to live our life and we're going to speak the truth of the word in a way that people can understand, that they can live off, they can grow, and they can experience Jesus. That's what your calling is. That's what my calling is, to, to let the world know of who Jesus is right where we are. But in the success, we should understand that there is always opposition that comes when we move forward in Jesus. In fact, we're talking about water baptism next Sunday. We have some that actually this afternoon are going to be water baptized right over here in our baptismal, which is super exciting. When we take a stand for Jesus internally, or especially when we're evangelizing and sharing the message of the gospel with our world, we should expect that opposition will come our way. And they're like, I don't like opposition. Well, then you don't want to live for God and do what God has for you. Opposition comes when we go after God, but God leads and he guides and he directs and he shows up in amazing and powerful ways. Verse 2, it says, But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. And this is the response that Paul and Barnabas have to that stirring up against them. So they remained for a long time. Now, when you read this, you're like, that, I don't, I'm not sure that I like that either. So opposition is coming, but that means what do you do when there's opposition, when people don't receive the message, we stick around. We stay in the place. They couldn't leave because they needed to build up a church that would be able to stand and be able to remain. So with the opposition, they stayed for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. When opposition came their way, they didn't run away, but they said, I'm going to be here. I'm going to stay. I'm going to remain. And Lord, when the, the world around us doesn't see you and doesn't hear you and doesn't receive you, then we need signs and wonders and miracles to take place. The, the model of Jesus when he walked this earth. And I believe that in our life, in a Christian worldview and saying, Lord, we want you to move in us and through us. We want to live a life that honors you. We want to live a life that, that gives glory to you. 
We want to encourage and build up our brothers and sisters in the Lord and bring others into the, or the spiritual family, those that would know Jesus. Lord, and we want to see signs and wonders and miracles, which you called us to. And what do we need to do? I believe that the more we are out in our world, the more that we go share the message of the gospel, the more opposition there is, the more that God's going to shine through. If you want to hear the voice of God in your life, I encourage you to start going out and walk in even your grocery store, wherever you do normal things, and start saying, Lord, I'm going to pray for somebody. I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm going to encourage somebody. And as you get out of your home or even church and you get into the world and say, Lord, I'm going to do something a little bit scary, maybe for some of you, just thinking of going in your grocery store and stopping and just saying, hey, maybe somebody with their kid and their kids screaming and be like, you're doing a great job. Just encourage, maybe for some of you, that's like a huge thing like going out in the wilderness and sleeping in a hammock. Like literally, you're like, I'm not sure if I can do it. Or sharing Jesus. You're just like, I don't know if I can do it. Or encouraging. All of a sudden, when we take a step, God begins to speak because God wants you to be successful in sharing the goodness of the kingdom more than you do because he wants the world to know. And Paul and Barnabas, when opposition came, miracles came even to greater level. Throughout the book of Acts, you see the growth and the maturity in the church that what they couldn't do as well and Jesus would do so often in the, in the gospels, all of a sudden, Paul and his team began to see miracles, began to see devils cast out of people, began to see amazing things take place as they went right in the middle of the opposition of their world to proclaim the message of the gospel. All of a sudden, I begin to say, Lord Jesus, would you let your goodness pour forth from me? And Lord, would you let me get off of the beaten path and the norm of my life? And would you let me go into what seems so difficult and so hard, what seems like it would be scary? And Lord, would you then show me and give me what words to say and what things to do? Lord, I want that to be on Sunday morning uh, for sure, but Lord, I don't want it to only be on Sunday morning. In fact, more important is Sunday afternoon at the restaurant. Lord, can I hear you this afternoon? Because I want to speak something encouraging to my waiter or my waitress tomorrow. I want to do something for you, and I need your grace and your mercy. And in fact, Lord, would you give me the opportunity that when somebody I've been praying for and believing for, when they have an issue or cancer or whatever, something just terrible even, Lord, that would you Give me faith to believe that I could pray and believe that a miracle could come. Because I'll tell you what, if you want to start seeing miracles, they'll happen as you start praying for people that don't yet know Jesus, that you've been believing for. You'll see more and more. You'll hear the voice of God like never before. When we get out of the success and the ease, which today I feel like is to get out of the church and start going and doing and living our life for Jesus. And a big part, I think, we always want others to do things for us. We want others to pour into us. And I believe in a personal way. God is challenging. I believe for Radiant Life Church, don't look for what others can do for you, but Lord, how can I serve the person behind me or next to me or in front of me on a Sunday? But then how can I serve the person a cubicle over or that's in a Zoom uh, call with me? How can I pour into somebody that I don't even know yet? Or maybe that the world would almost label as an enemy but Lord, how could I make a difference in their life? Because when we do, when we say yes, when we go all in, when we push through oppositions, we're going to see the gospel proclaimed. 
signs and wonders flowed out of a place of proclaiming the gospel in spite of the opposition. And that is what we are called to do. To push forward through the opposition. To stand strong. To stay there for a long time. Some of you have been praying and believing for a family member or a coworker or somebody that you know for a long time to come to know Jesus. And I want to encourage you today, stand strong. Stay there a long time. Keep praying. Keep believing. Because I believe that when we get that ball rolling, a spiritual prayer, when we begin to listen, that God will open the door. And when he opens the door for a miracle, or he opens the door for a word to be spoke, or he opens the door for encouragement, don't miss it. Take him up on it. Say, yes, I'll do it. And I believe that your son or your daughter or your friend or maybe your parent or whoever it might be, you're going to see them one day. Just like you're going to stand strong. You're going to stay and watch God do something supernatural in the life of someone around you. Evangelistic success turned into evangelistic opposition. But in their lives, it turned into a determination. That's where it all came from. They were determined to stay strong with what God had for them. Now, when we think of that, what does that mean? If I have a determination to go all in and to share the gospel, do I do things where maybe, actually a conversation yesterday, where I would lose my job? I don't think God wants me to lose my job, so how do I speak or what's that look like? Uh, what's it look like when, I, when I'm not sure what to say to my family member? How forceful or direct I should be? Or, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I find it interesting that here in the last few verses of, of this passage, it says, when an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. Now, just something free here that I find really, really interesting some research was done, and these two cities, Lystra and Derby, they are, they are cities that today would not be, it wouldn't look like that on a map. And so research was done and found that between 37 and 72 uh, after, after death, that is when those cities were connected and they would have been written like this, that they were cities of Lyconia, only during that little teeny time period. And sometimes you don't realize the authenticity, the truthfulness of the word. Every single word of this Bible is for you, and it's real, and it's powerful. Even down to details that sometimes, right now you would look and say, that wouldn't work, or even hundreds of years after. But during that time period, Luke wrote it, and he wrote it with accuracy. But you see that they fled. And so how can we be determined but opposition came, they stayed, but then there was a moment when they had to leave. And you know what? God is really good, church. When you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say, you don't know how long to stay, just like saying yes to Jesus to take the message in the first place, to start praying for people, to start sharing, he will give you the wisdom to know when it's time to take a step back or to move over, or in their case, to move to a new town where they can start a new church. Because there were a bunch of people that had come to know the Lord. They had stayed and built doctrine there. And then God let them know before they would have been killed or stoned, right, put to death with rocks, right? Like, that was not a good deal. So that they could continue to minister and preach the gospel. 
And in our lives sometimes we're like, I don't want opposition. I don't want to lose a friend. I don't want to have something happen. Or maybe I mentioned losing a job. No one wants to lose a job. And it could be that God gives you wisdom. He will give you wisdom. And things just work out really good. Your job stays. Everything stays. You know, people get saved all around you. It could be that you preach the gospel. And because of that, you have to find a new job. And guess what? I believe with all my heart, if you get fired for sharing the gospel, I think God will help you out. God's going to take care of you. I believe with all my heart, we'll take care of you. We'll help you out. Like, come on, let's be bold for the Lord. But he also will give us wisdom when, okay, today, let's not stand up on our, you know, our cubicle desk and preach to everybody, right? That might not be the, the right way to keep our job or do it in the right way. He'll give us wisdom when we should charge forward. And just like Paul and Barnabas, when we should maybe sit back and see what God has, or in their case, go to a new place. He does the same with you when you listen, when it comes to sharing with a family member or people you care so much about. He'll let you know when to charge forward and when to just live by example. He'll show you and lead you and guide you. He's good. So many of the disciples, the apostles, were martyred, that they were put to death for their faith. And it was seen as a, a a sign of really doing it all, going all the way in for Jesus. And I'm like, Lord, if that's what I'm called to do, Lord Jesus, I'm in. I don't care. I'll do whatever it is for you. But Lord, I also pray you would give me wisdom to do the best and to see the most people come to know you. And that means some days I'm going to charge forward and some days I'm going to use wisdom and step back. And some days I'm going to move to a new town or new village. Or some days I'm going to go to a new group of people that God gives me to be able to pour the message of the gospel in. And I'm going to be there and stay there. And I'm going to see some people come to know him. And then he's going to give me new people that can come in and be a part. And church, that's what you are called to. That's what we are called to. And what happens when a church like this, sees all of us say, Lord, who's the person that this week, this month, this year, I could encourage, I could pray for, I could stand in the gap for, and I could see. My prayer is that in the next year, each of us would say yes, and somebody would come to know the Lord. Maybe sit in a seat next to you. Because you said yes, and you were willing to push through opposition, to push through no's, to push through I don't cares, until all of a sudden, it becomes a yes. It becomes, I want to know this Jesus. I pray that we're a church that here in the next year, but that we are praying and miracles take place in your life because you push through opposition and because you were in a place you needed Jesus to speak and he speaks to you with clarity. He speaks to you with authority. He speaks to you and shows you what is right and what is true and what is good. Church, we are called to be all God has called us to be to go share the message of the gospel with our world. How you respond to trials and hardships will directly relate to the impact you make on your world. And I pray that we are successful in our lives. We're successful in who we are for Jesus. We're successful in our evangelistic efforts and sharing the message of the gospel and the time praying and being in the word. But when opposition comes, I pray that's not like I'm done. But instead, we push forward. And when I don't understand, or I feel alone, or I feel like I'm not sure why things are how they are, I'm going to say yes, yes, and more yeses to Jesus. And watch as opposition turns into a church in a city, in a place that did not have one before. When God releases me to a new group, to a new people, be like, Lord, I'm all in. Bring it. 
There could be some people in the house that even right now you are praying about a job or, or should I change jobs? Maybe God would call you to a new job, not for more money, not for more or easier hours, but maybe he would call you to a new place as a new mission field a new land for you to go and share the message of the gospel? What's your ministry effectiveness look like? Where could it be that you experience him in a new way? And when we begin to live with that sort of a life, when we begin to live just asking, Lord, I want to step into whatever is next, whatever you have for me, everything begins to change. His power will flow through you. His word will flow through you. His anointing, his miracles, the miraculous will throw or flow through you. And that's my prayer for Radiant Life Church, that we're a church that goes all in. We're going to see successes. There's going to be opposition, which we're going to power through. We're going to stay as long as it takes. And we're going to be determined to hear God, to walk in God, to do what God has called us to do every step of the way. When I think of that crazy night being in that hammock, there's some people that you literally, there are a few that texted me, like, I'm praying for you, like in the middle of the night. I appreciate it. And I think God spoke. But there's some of us in the the room that we need in a spiritual way to say, Lord, I need to get out of the norm. And I don't need to actually be in a hammock in Wyoming by myself. But in a spiritual way, Lord, would you challenge me? Would you challenge me to get in a spiritual hammock maybe, to get in a spiritual place with God one-on-one? Would you challenge me to do something I've never done or never been comfortable with? Would you challenge me to share the love of Jesus with someone like I've never done before? Would you challenge me to believe and to pray for a miracle for somebody else? Lord, would you help me not worry about what others are doing, but would you help me be the biggest server that I can possibly be to every person around me? And I believe when we say yes, and that's our heart, and that's our desire, that he will show up in a new and in a powerful way. He's so good, church. Back to all over the room as we close, would you just stand to your feet right where you are? Maybe make it just a, a place of an altar for you, just you and Jesus. And in the room today, we've been talking about Jesus and relationship and them sharing with, with the people. And today, maybe you say, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never offered him everything, and I want to. I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want him to take my sin away. I want that to be removed, and I want to know him. If that's you, the greatest thing is all you have to do is just ask him, Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, would you make me new? I repent of my sin, the stuff that I've done in my past, and I say, I want to say yes to you. And church, just like that, you say it, and it's done. He welcomes you in. You're a part of the Rad fam, the Radiant family here, but you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God, which is what it's all about. I encourage you, if you've never done that, or you need to give your life back to him now, would be an amazing moment to take that step. And as a church here today, I pray that We all are on that journey. We're all following him. We're all in relationship with him. And I want to encourage us today, would you be someone that says, I'm going to go all in. I'm not going to stay where I was or stay in the comfort of my life or my spiritual walk with God, but instead I'm going to take a step into what's next. I'm going to take a step into what you have. Lord Jesus, what you have for me. That means this week I'm going to listen, Holy Spirit, for your voice to speak 
I'm going to believe for an opportunity to pray to believe for a miracle. I'm going to go all in and I'm going to be an evangelist for Jesus. I'm going to share the love of Jesus with my world. And as you step out of the norm into something new, I believe he'll speak to you. He'll speak to you today because he loves you and he cares for you. So I'm just going to pray a prayer of blessing on you as we close out our service today that we as Radiant Family would be in tune with what God's doing that our kids this week, they're going to be at kids camp, a bunch of them. And I'm praying that those students, they experience God. I think 30 or more of them are going to be that they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They're called into the ministry. They're called into a life with Jesus. And that we, we would lead as adults every single day. So Lord, we love you. And I thank you for this church. I thank you for the people. Lord, not for a building, but for the people that make up your church here and this brand, God. And Lord, I pray that today you would call each of us and you would empower us to be evangelistic, to see success in our walk with you, in in growing in you, in being more like you, in following the word of God above anything else, Lord Jesus. Because of that, that we would share the goodness of who you are with family and with friends, with coworkers, with people at the places we go for entertainment and the places that we go to buy food or buy clothes. Lord, but maybe even, as your word would say, those that some would say would be enemies. Lord, would you give us a heart for our enemies? A heart to pray, a heart to believe, a heart to call down heaven, a heart to see miraculous things take place for those that can't quite get it until they see it. God, we ask you to do it, and I pray you would bless this church. Bless their hands, their lips, their their minds, Lord, to, to do what you've called them to do to go where you've called them to go, to experience success in their evangelism and to stay strong through opposition because of a determination that holds us powerfully in your hands. We love you. We thank you. Anoint this church to be your hands and feet this week so that one more person can come to know you, Jesus. One more person over and over and over again. We love you. We thank you. And we praise you. You're so good, Jesus. Lord, even before we close, maybe for a couple today that are struggling, there's an area, maybe a sickness, maybe maybe something in their mind or anxiety or worry. Or Lord, I pray that right now for just a few in the room, Lord, I pray that you would heal, you would restore, you'd make new. And even before they leave, Lord, they would have felt you and your encouragement and your power to walk differently this week because of who you are, because of what you've done in them. We love you and we thank you. You're so good. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. We're in a great moment to share Jesus, to push in, to let God move. Let God use you this week in a powerful way love you all. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.